You're listening to the Roofing Success Podcast, a show created to inspire roofing contractors to achieve optimal success in their roofing businesses. I'm the host, Jim Aline, the co-author of the books, Internet Marketing for Roofing Contractors, and the best-known roofer. I'm also the co-founder of Roofer Marketers, the leading digital marketing agency for the roofing industry. On each episode, I sit down with industry leaders to talk about their processes, the lessons they've learned, and how to find success in roofing. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Roofing Success Podcast. Do me a favor, hit like, subscribe, share, all those things. Leave us a review. That'd be awesome. Uh, if you want to take the conversation beyond what you're listening to here, go to Facebook, type in Roofing Success, and join the Roofing Success Facebook group. Today, we have. I think we're going to have a great conversation with... Uh, with with uh, with Travis Kenny of Planet now of Planet Roof, we'll say it that way. How huh, brother? How are you, man? Absolutely, I'm good. How are you? Good, man. So Planet Roof is the new brand. Uh, what was the old brand? A and T Roofing. A and T Roofing, right? So we'll talk about the rebrand in a while. It looks awesome. Love the way you guys are doing that. Let's start with uh, let's start with your story. How did you get into roofing? Uh, so initially for a long time, I was in construction in general, um, from when I was young, my dad was in construction, uh, initially started doing random, just random handyman type projects, uh, was taken into door to door sales for a, uh, for Comcast actually, uh, by my now partner, Adam and really learned the, the sales game. And whenever that bubble was kind of bursting, he had a background, uh, pretty thorough background in commercial roofing, residential roofing, and he, between both of our backgrounds, put that together and uh, decided to move forward with roofing, which at the time I completely didn't realize what an industry it was. It's amazing, right? Like yeah. the opportunity that that that's available uh, in this industry is is immense. Um, if the you know to to, to say it lightly, um, and so you know, let's talk about your personal journey a little bit because I know that you've really focused on yourself and your personal journey through through time. Give us a little story, uh, you know. Tell us a little bit about you know kind of where you were back then and 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 how you've you know kind of how you've adapted and changed your life right uh that actually what you're asking me is a very strong core of mine um i believe in developing your your business in general is developing yourself um so i years ago 10 15 years ago was a completely different person i've uh which i which is i find funny a lot of people in the roofing industry have, have some type of crazy background or, or something, you know, been through a lot, you know, yep. not, not really anybody I've met so far is just like, Oh yeah, it was great. My dad handed me this business and I'm just doing good now. It's usually some type of struggle they went through, but I went through a lot of struggles personally in my life that, you know, getting in trouble when I was young and stuff like that until I had kids. My oldest is nine now. 
uh, you know, getting in trouble and, and then kind of transitioned from there. Since then, in the past few years, I was 350 pounds at one point, down to 230 now. Um, I don't, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't, I don't do anything like that. It's kind of daily personal development. So, and now, what? now I'm in a pretty good spot. Go ahead. Yeah, man. What, what, what do you think the, the spark was that for, for you to start, start down that journey? Spark, I'm going to say it was my, my kids. Yeah. It was just really just like realizing that I have other little human beings that are depending on me. And you start, yeah, and you start looking at yourself and thinking, am I somebody that I want them to look up to? Am, am yeah. I somebody that that I, that I think that they can? And, it, and it's slowly over time, just I keep looking at myself and thinking, because, you know, life goes so fast. And I keep looking at myself and thinking, is, is this something that I want them to be seeing me do? To where when they're older they can you know i want them to respect the way they were raised and things like that but definitely my kids huge part yeah. of it. and then in the journey what did you start focusing on first was it was it your physical your physical your mental what did you start focusing on first yeah i started focusing on first when it comes to the self-development which led to everything else was definitely physically was uh yeah getting movement in my life not at the time i didn't have so much of the diet or anything like that down but just moving like some type of movement if you wake up and just get your we're, we're animals we're meant to be get our heart racing and you know yeah. so i think it's important once a day at least to to be you know have some movement yeah and then along the way as, as things progressed for you like what were some of the uh, what were some of the places you found motivation? Were, were there any books that you were reading or or people that you were following or what what was where'd you get that? Yeah, yeah, the huge spark. So so the initial one was the kids, obviously, but the yeah. the huge spark that really opened my eyes was going to the first roofing process conference and. I and Adam was kind of we were both watching Dimitri and stuff on YouTube and stuff and I, yeah. I, I never even knew even what a conference was like in my mind I guess if you don't really know what it is you're just kind of like yeah that's you know um, I'm not going to learn anything there or whatever but going there and uh, those guys there that I met at the conference the first year that I still to this day uh, know and talk to um, really sparked a huge that was a few years ago and that was whenever it really like kicked off and made me think like wow look at these guys with these backgrounds just like me doing these big things and very admirable people and it just kind of yeah definitely a huge spark that, that that's that's definitely something that that it's great you say that i you know i know dimitri and and we you know we go to his conference we'll be there this year we were there last year and you know it's and and i've been doing conferences and trade shows for a long time i speak at a, at, at a lot of them and um man it is something to to see yourself in someone that's doing better is yeah that, is that a good way to put it right absolutely like, yeah right you're like wow 
because I think we all have limitations as we're, you know, especially, you know, if you have a struggles in your life early on or, you know, come from a, a you know, a, you know, a, from from, you know, working class neighborhoods or, you know, whatever you want to say. And, and, and that you, like you're like, wow, really? Could I really get there? Yeah. You have and to then, see it be done. You have to see it be done sometimes, right? It's that, what was the the guy that broke the four-minute mile? I can't remember his name, but it was like, no one broke the four-minute mile for, you know, until like the 1960s. And then this guy breaks the four-minute mile, and then within like a month, there's like 10 other people that do it, right? Like yeah. It's, it's, yeah. A, it's a weird thing. Um, it's a weird thing to to do that, but... But that's a lot of times what we need is we need that that vision of what we could be. Um, so now you now you've sat down with some of these people, you had lunch with them or dinner with them, and you know what I mean yeah. at the conference, <clears throat> and you started realizing, wow, there's more here. So before that, before that conference, what what were you guys, you know, what were you happy with doing revenue wise or what were your goals revenue wise or, or whatever uh, at that time? Oh, man, there's mind you, there's no shame in my game. I believe that anybody that's even just starting off and if you're making a living for yourself, you can be happier than a guy making 10 million a year. But at the time, sure. yeah, at the time we, we probably did. 800,000 in sales for the year. And I was like, geek. Yep. I was like, wow, this is, I can like, I'm making more than my dad does at the mill. I like couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? And like a yeah. lot of guys will talk down, you know, look down or whatever and think about somebody, man, that's, if you're making a living for yourself, if you're doing 800 grand a year and you're making making a living for yourself a decent living you're killing it you know you should be proud of yourself that that's for sure people get wrapped up in the numbers people get wrapped up in the numbers and the numbers don't matter as much right and everyone's business is different not everyone has to have the same business i i know i know people that have done you know 750 a million for 30 years yeah. Boy, they're happy. Right. Yeah. They made a good living. They they you know, they have they made a nice life for themselves and their family. Now they were their business. So, you know, they had they weren't they were self-employed, not business yeah. owners, right? So yeah. so separating yeah. that, you know, if you want to be self-employed and 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 do that, there's there's a this is what it looks like. If you want to be a business owner, it looks a little bit different. Um, and so you have to start making those changes. At now, you know, at that conference, you're like, wow, this guy's doing this. This guy's doing that. Maybe we could do that. How did what did you start thinking about then? Did you start transitioning to that business owner mindset? Like maybe I want to be a business owner versus self-employed. What was that? Is that kind of how it went? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely I started realizing how to delegate things and, and that it's OK to delegate things. And it's okay to, to trust other people to handle day-to-day things. And if I wanted to get out of the stage I was in, which was, like you said, just kind of more than owning a business was just working for myself. Yeah. Um, I had to start reading more books and uh, working on my knowledge and 
you know, and, and looking at these guys who, who had, were a level up for me and realizing I need to start figuring out how to, how to hire people and how to get um, smart people around me. So the first thing, one of the things you just said there was trust other people. Yeah. And that, man, that's tough, right? Yeah. When you're starting out, it, it's like you have to, you really have to trust that they're going to, you know, do the right thing, get the work done properly or, or, or be honest in the sales, uh, you know, conversation with a homeowner or, you know, there's a lot of things there. What were some of the things that you some of the struggles and lessons that you learned around that? Uh, some of the struggles and lessons I've learned around trusting other people. And to start with is I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that is a, I, I like to see the good in most people to where I kind of block out the bad sometimes. So I'm not, I'm not the best at, at hiring, <laughs> you know, in, in a sense, I, I really need my partner's help with that. Um, but where I've seen struggles is, is, and, and now I realize that it's needed, but I've had, you know, everybody sells guys, screw me and go start their own businesses, starting their own businesses is okay. But, you know, stealing yeah. or screwing somebody isn't, um, is just to really make sure that who I am putting around me or who I'm hiring is fits my core values. And that's kind of, and that's really part of if they if they fit all my core values, the rest we can figure out. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that's important. That's important too. We we started implementing that. Uh, we there's you know we I don't know if you do this, but we do the EOS system in our business. Yeah. Yep. Traction was is the book. If anyone wants to read it. And one of the one of the things that they have in the EOS system, the entrepreneurial operating system, is uh, it's called a people analyzer. And you're mm -hmm. analyzing your people not in relation to if they got their job done, but if they expressed or alluded to your if they if they if in that say quarterly <laughs> time frame that they that they were uh, 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 that they had acted within your core values. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm like, man, when we started implementing that, it was a different, like you're saying a little bit, it's a different way of looking at things. It's a, it's an easier way of, of, of making sure, it, you know, do you trust them? Well, are they acting within your core values? Because yeah. if they're acting within your core values, you could trust that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, in the process, in the process of you creating your core values, what, how did you get, how did you get to them? Uh, it was really a uh, process kind of sitting down and like really, and then, and then reevaluating them uh, and kind of thinking, do these core values truly fit? Because you, you want to try to maybe think on a business level, but even personally, that do I want – what characteristics do I want somebody to have to be around me? You know what I mean? Because yeah. not everybody's for everybody. And yep. You know what I mean? And, and even if it could be your friend or you could see them out or something or go golfing with them, doesn't mean they should be working for you. You know what I mean? 
So, yeah, it was just a process of really trying to analyze. And then we'd think we had them, and we'd realize that, like, no, this doesn't work because um, this maybe gives somebody an excuse to Ooh. not do their jaw or something like that, which was one of the core values we took out. Which, uh, which one was that? Which balance. one was that? Balance. balance. Because I believe you do need balance, but with our other core values, I, you're going to have balance. And you could have somebody say, oh, I'm done at 3 o'clock today. I got this to do. One of our core values is balance. I need to go play this game or whatever. You know what I mean? And it, it yeah. kind of, while I do think everybody needs balance, I don't want to give anybody the excuse to. You know. That's an interesting one. You no, know, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Like it's it because that, that you know, and and every that is something that you want to strive for in your life, right? You want to have that balance. That work isn't everything. That you know, uh, leisure isn't everything, right? There has to be a, yeah. a balance in there. But so understanding that in yourselves, you probably went, hey, you know, I have, you know, I got my kids. I got this. I have to, you know, I have to be balanced in all of the things that I'm doing. So that sounds like a good core value, but it, that's something that, that, that's, it's a good, it's a good thing for people to consider is that your core values can be a living document. Yes. Yes. I, I hadn't thought of that. Right. Like it's like we, maybe we put too much pressure on it. Sometimes I, the first time we tried to put together core values, I was like, man, I overthink things. So yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to get everything so detailed and perfect. And, you know, and maybe that I, that's a good lesson there is that, hey, this can evolve. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely. Because what we replaced it with was a situation was positivity. And that mm. which wasn't in, you could be, have all our other core values, but still not really be a positive person. I'm the type of person that, I can't be around somebody who's just negative every day because we all have yeah. problems. Not that I don't care about your problems because I do, but I, I care about solving them. And people who are negatives tend to have an outlook on things that are just like, I don't want to solve it. I just want to tell you about it. You know what I mean? I do know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a and that's the, you know, like the words that come out of the that come out of your mouth are really powerful, right? The words that you speak yeah. are extremely powerful and 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 speaking negatively without like I'm I'm like that too a problem I want to solve the problem um and and just there's too much of the negative speech or without a solution to me and not working towards a solution. I always have a, 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 a tr have trouble with that also. Yeah. Um, so now you went to the conference, you got, you know, you started seeing the vision, you know, you're, you're starting to put together core values. You got, you, 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 you came to the understanding that it's people that you're going to need and trusted people around you. What was what was the next evolution in in that? The next evolution in that was realizing that okay, we got the right people and we really got a good team environment here and but is our 
name and brand attractive enough for people to even remember who we are. Mm. So that's kind of naturally from your question has just evolved into what that, yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. So that was the evolution into, in, into a more <laughs> memorable brand. What, where did, when did you realize and how did you realize what, 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 what was, what made you realize that the, the brand that you had was not, was not going to take it, take you to where you wanted to go? So beyond the fact that of being called AT&T roofing <laughs> 90 times, the, what really made me think about it is we did a home show and there's like 30 other roofers there. And I'm thinking in my mind, okay, I'm a customer and I'm walking into this home show, right? And I got 30 roofers lined up that are all going to do the same thing for me. Not yep. really, but you, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Who am I, when I walk back out of that door, who am I going to remember and why? And that's what kind of sparked and that, that sparked an ongoing conversation for months of just going back and forth and back and forth and like really trying to hone in on, you know, what, what we were going to name and how we were going to, how we were going to structure and make our new brand, you know, build it. Yeah. What were some of the, what were some of those main conversations, name, colors, different things like that? How did you, what were some of the things that, that were important as you were having those conversations? So, uh, definitely. So a very, a very simple name, that was easy to remember that got kind of stuck in your head. Cause I remember right here, every time we'd say something I'm like that, that doesn't just stick. That doesn't stick. Um, and color wise, everything to me when it comes to marketing needs to be something that whether somebody hates it or loves it or is partial to it, they're going to remember it. And that's what, that's kind of the aim we take at anything we're doing. So when it came to the name that, that stuck out to me, that, that was like, okay, that's, that's a really good name that sticks to me. And then color wise, it was kind of a couple of the big brands we look up to actually really stick out. One of which is Apple roofing have with the green, um, yep. Monarch with the blue and, you know, not to bite their style, but, but we kind of evolved from the guys and people we look up to and like really trying to put together a, a brand that's like, uh, really tr attractive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a conversation on this podcast with Dustin Beagler from Apple roofing <clears throat> and and, and about how they chose their brand. And, and it was, you know, again, what you're talking about is right, right spot on with what they're talking, what, what they did is something that's simple that people can remember, right? Yeah. That was the first thing they wanted to, it to be simple and memorable, Sorry. simple and memorable. And then from there, when they did their choice of colors, it was they're in Nebraska and and Nebraska, everyone in Nebraska is very 
uh, is very red and white Huskers. So right? wait, it's <laughs> <laughs> funny so, you say that. We we seen thirty roofers at a conference this year, and they were all red and white. All red and white, right? So there's this like, so then it, you know to be unique in that, and what you're saying is, you know, when somebody's walking down those those the uh, the aisles of that home show. Right. What sticks out? What stands out? What's memorable? So the easy to remember name and uh, and and colors that kind of reflect that or, or, or make them think about that. And um, there, there's a, a thing. It's it's, you know, really you're the, the most expensive real estate or the most valuable real estate you can own as a business owner is mental real estate in your prospects. Yes. Right. And so that's how you own mental real estate. You can't take up too much space. You got to be memorable, right? You got to be simple. It has to be, you know, and so you you guys did a great job with that. Thank you. Um, And now, you know, and I know from some of those other other Pittsburgh roofers, I I talked to some of them and they're like, where did they come out of? They're like they're just, yeah. they notice it too, right? Like they're other other contractors are noticing in your area, in your market. They're noticing. They're like, wow, they did a good job with that. Like you yeah. know, like yeah. like now we we got to worry about those guys. They're de- yeah. we have awesome guys and companies in our market. You got a lot of awesome companies in your market. Yeah. I've interviewed a few of them, and and yeah, you guys, you have a, a and and I love the that that there is a a competitiveness, but a camaraderie also Definitely. with a with a lot of the top 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 contractors in the Pittsburgh area. So, um, so that getting stuck in your head, man. That's that was the first goal. How long has it been since you guys? Uh, uh, transition with the new the new brand now so it's actually only been and when i say this i'm surprised it's only four months yeah and yeah and what's what's funny about that is is you're saying like these other guys are like who, who are these guys who are these guys popping up we've been around for seven years yeah and we're we're just now in four months we've only been with our new brand for like four months and people were like, Oh, who are these guys? Who are these guys? Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's cool. It's cool. Right? Like it, it, there brand is, it, it is, is, is kind of the, the biggest play you can make that you, that you, it's hard to understand the impact that it will have. It's yeah. it's a strange, strange thing. Like there, um, it's an investment. It's a commitment. It's a it, it's scary. I'm sure that when you guys were going to do the do the brand change, man. I mean, how many converse? I, I don't know this, but I'm I wonder how many did you have a lot of conversations of should we do this? Yeah. So I, I'm the type of person. My partner is much more, much more standoffish when it comes to any change or anything yeah he was hit i'm the type of person that's like like i, I tried talking him into it for years because i just <laughs> I, I don't know why i just knew that like it was the it was the move to make but we had yep. a ton of conversations like even uh dimitri told us since the 
sorry, since the first conference, Dimitri told us, this is what you guys need to do. Like he, he even would say AT&T sometimes. You yeah. know what I mean? So he, yep. we had a conversation, many, many conversations with him back and forth on the phone. And, you know, he kind of even at the end, like we were just like, we have to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. So what have been, right? Because it's a new thing. What have been some of the challenges that, that, you're, that you're seeing in this transition? Uh, some of the challenges, I guess you could say, is a lot of our old customers or some people just are kind of wonder why you changed your name. Mm-hmm. And they're just, you know, because for some reason contractors have a bad name with um, dumping a name or something like that. We're still the same business you know what I mean? Just using a different name. Uh, so that would be one would be older customers, but really not many. Most of them, cause we sent out emails to all of them saying, Hey, we're not playing a roof. Most of them are like super excited. So that's not yeah. a huge issue. Um, another, an issue I would say that we planned on was the initial little dip that happens from moving one name to the other. It really, really wasn't what I expected. It really wasn't much. And I th- I believe just in the four months we've been doing it, we've made up for it. And for the simple fact that our vehicles, our vehicles barely brought us in, you know, a lead here and there. Now we get a ton every week just from somebody seeing our vehicle. They were wrapped before. So uh, uh, negative sides... Not many, really. Not I mean, many. a lot of work. It was a lot, of, a lot of work, obviously, but for sure. And and, and that's that's a good uh, one of the things is that it, it, you made it a touch point with previous customers. Yeah. Um, man, anytime you can reach out to previous customers and talk, you know, let them know yeah. that you you still exist is probably a good thing. So that might, who knows, that might have turned into something like, oh yeah, we got, oh yeah, we might need some work done or something like yeah. that, right? Um, but but now let's talk about the brand and in the, in the marketplace, driving the trucks around. How has that, like you said, you're, all of a sudden you guys are getting calls from yeah. from your trucks where you weren't where you weren't previously um boy that's a big impact yeah right Definitely. those those wraps are paying off <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah i knew they would and they, they do that they do for sure um so 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 with the brand change now uh, everything is kind of in play. You guys are going forward. Planet Roof, you're starting to get more visibility in the market. Um, um, but one of the things that you talked about when, you know, just in your personal transition and, and things like that was s- slowly over time. So, you know, I think a lot of contractors get wrapped up in the short term and don't focus on the long term. You know, when you guys are doing a rebrand and really, you know, making the moves that you're that that you're making in your business, that you're you're turning the ship so you end up in a different destination. Yes. Right. What um, you know, in those small iterations over time, I think that's where that's where people don't understand 
they don't understand that that's what you you just need to make small iterations. Sometimes it might be a big one, like a brand change or something like that. But but small iterations will get you to a completely different place. Um, so now let's talk about you know marketing. What's what you know now that you're in this it, with the new brand? What marketing changes have you made? <laughs> Uh, other than just having, you know, uh, better looking trucks, more memorable trucks. So a big marketing change to tee off of what you're saying with the, the slow process and, and, and implementing different things is exactly the approach we've taken with with our marketing is there is no one answer. There is no mm-hmm. one thing that's going to that's going to fix all your um, give you all the leads in the world. It has to be a, a group effort, and it has to be many different things. So what we do is we we focus on small areas. If we have a, a good area, you know, we we I focus on on really getting as many people in that area to see us as many different ways as possible which is something that we weren't doing before probably because I wasn't as confident in our brand. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and I think that's a very important thing that I've got from Dimitri was like, you know, when you show up to somebody's house, you, you want to be like be proud of the name on your chest or be proud of who you are. And now that we have that, that confidence, I, I I'm, I'm confident to put ourselves out there to be seen by somebody five different times and by the time they finally yeah. get a face-to-face with us they're like absolutely i need an estimate because <laughs> i yeah. see you guys everywhere everywhere that is so that that what you know it's like if you you know if you lose some weight and you you know you get have to buy some new clothes you feel a little you feel good about it right or you yeah. even, even just a new haircut sometimes a little, uh-huh. you know like you, uh, new shoes or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you could, you walk out a little bit differently. I, you know, so the brand, you know, the, the con, con, um, confidence behind it, it, you know, might, might be felt by the consumer, but, uh, you know, I don't know about if you know this about us, but you know, or about me, but I wrote a book about being omnipresent in your market. Like that's what, like, you're speaking my language when you're talking about that being seen everywhere, man. Like the impact of that is immense. Everyone is looking for a magic pill. There isn't, there are no (laughs) magic pills, man. There are no magic pills. There is no, just do Facebook ads, just wrap your trucks, just stick signs in the yard. Just do this, just do that. Those brand impressions, we call them brand impressions in marketing, the, the amount of times that people see your brand, that reinforces their decision-making process, right? It builds yeah. trust, right? It, it's, it's so impactful. It's being done every day to us by huge corporations, but for some reason we want to act like there's you know, not a reason for it. That's right. Think of like there are companies that I mean, if you think of some of those large companies, right? It's all brand, all brand mm-hmm. awareness, right? All, all, um, it, all brand impressions. Uh, you you very rarely see an 
offer to buy a Coke. Yeah. Right. You know, for, you know, 10% off your Coke purchase. Come get one right now. No. It's just, you know, and, you know, maybe the local store was running a special on, on 12 packs or something like that, but not Coke as the brand. Right. Not the not the brand Coca-Cola. They are okay. they are just making you aware that they that they exist. And the more times they understand, the more times that you see them, that when you walk into that into that, you know, into that uh, convenience store or whatever, that you, you make you can make a choice based on that, on, on the way that their their brand is played out. Um, but that's a good point is. Look at what these big corporations are doing. And implement some of that in because that that's what they do. Marketing budgets for these large corporations are are enormous. Right? Yeah. They're enormous. And as as small businesses, a lot of times we're looking, you know, at, you know, well, what is my lead cost? And what is, you know, and not that you don't want to look at those numbers, but there but there is a, a part of your marketing budget that maybe very challenging to attribute to a specific number. It happens every day to us, yeah. Right? It, it's a it's a tough thing. Have you done anything uh, and made any changes in your sales process uh, as in in this time, or 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 did have you had that nailed nailed down to a point that you really that that you like it or? No, we definitely. This, that's the one thing, honestly, I can say the sales process, uh, I learned from and was trained by, you know, in my opinion, the best in the world guys I know. And our process is like great for our sales. And so that really didn't yep. honestly change that much. Yep. What do you do? What What are some of those things? What are some of the things that you know? You said that you've had great mentors in that you've you, you you've dialed that in. What are some of the things that that help you find success in that sales process? What are the What are some things that people could implement? That like, if you implement this, you're going to see much better results. So one main thing, and obviously this isn't going to pertain to everybody, but a lot of guys who are smaller just starting off is you need to implement a, some type of what we use Owens Corning, like the roof in the back. Your customers want to see what is going on their roof, whether they know what it is or not. And I explained that to them is whether you know, Hey, you know, I go over this with everybody. I'm sure a lot of this stuff, you already know what it is, but I like to just show you. People, regardless of all this, uh, all the um, digital things we have, people like the the touchy-feely, the, mm. the, the closeness of, hey, look, this is a piece of wood, and this is what your whole roof's made of. And around this whole roof, after we tear everything off, we replace this metal here. And like, they want to see, and it's, you're obviously not going to take them up on the roof and show them. So implementing some type of process to show them what you're going to do. And and it's crazy how many times customers say, almost all of them I sit down with end up saying, wow, I learned so much. Yeah. 
And I, that's been, so, I tell them that's my key is to educate. I, I quit focusing on sales and I focus on just educating a customer. Educating. And that is it's the, the consultative sales process, right? Like the yeah. being a consultant to them, educating them, helping them understand why this roofing system is the, is, is the better choice versus this roofing system for the situation that they have for yes. their needs, not, not for someone else's needs, not, not sales, but in an educational sales process, I have, I've, I've also seen sales reps that over-educate and undersell. How do you balance that? Well, because at the end of the day, as much as I'm educating them, I also want to sell them in the sense that I, I don't, trust or know that anybody else is going to give you what we're going to give you. So it's also believing in yourself and believing in, in not only yourself, because a lot of times sales guys, they're not the ones putting the roof on. They're not even there sometimes. That's right. So you have to be confident in the team you have coming behind you. And if you're confident in that team coming behind you, selling is easy because I want my customer to have the best of the best. And I don't want to, I really don't want to leave knowing that you're going to go with somebody else and you're not going to get the best product, the best service, and it's not going to be me and us taking care of you. And that makes an immense difference in sales, right? If the salespeople believe in what they're selling. Yes. If, if there is any doubt in their mind, <laughs> because... I mean, a lot of times it's their name on the line along with your company, right? Yeah, because they're the person calls. sitting at the <laughs> kitchen table. They may run in, you know, when you're in a, you know, in, in, in a local market, they may run into that, into that family at the grocery store one day or, you know what I mean? Or see them out to yeah. dinner and, and have to, you know, have to have a con an uncomfortable conversation. If, if, if the team that follows them is not, uh, is not performing up, uh, you know, at a high standard. How have you then? That, now let's move on to to that team and that production process. What do you guys? What have you put in place to ensure that you have and hold those high standards and in 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 the, on the production side of your business? So, first and foremost is communication. We we strive on being the best company in the world at communicating. We over communicate and I teach my guys to, from the first appointment to explain to our customers, because it also helps with the follow-up process, is I'm going to let you know now that we do absolutely communicate as much as possible with every step of the way. You're going to get a lot of calls. You're going to get a lot of texts and emails, and you're going to know what's going on. I have never had anybody call our office and complain that, hey, your guys are letting me know what's going on way too much. So the communication is number one. People want to know what's going on. If I have, if I have my roof being done, I want to know when it's starting. That's a big deal. Uh, number two is documentation. They absolutely is on top of being communicated with need to know what has happened so far, 
and it's not their job to document it. It's our job. They need to know what has happened so far, what's going on in the present moment, and what's going to happen in the future. And, and we have record of all of that. So those are the two major components in, in our production. Yeah, I, I, that's a big point to make. Homeowners, <clears throat> property owners, um, not knowing. Anytime they feel like they don't know is a problem. Yeah. Right? Because that's when you leave a gap in their mind for assumptions. And if they're making an assumption that you're not taking care of them, that's a problem, right? They, you know, and, and then, and, and they have prop and then in that communication, you're also properly setting expectations, right? If they feel like they should be taken care of sooner, but you communicate, if you're communicating well, then you know you you can balance that 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 communication. How has that led in that process? What has that led to in your business? Um, you know, in terms of you know referrals or reviews and things like that. We have we've created and even before with our old brand, our production, which I believe is what, what's made us such a great company is we were really slow starting off to make sure that our internal processes were right and that we were all doing the right things. So that has kind of morphed into creating the raving fans with the new brand and stuff like that. And that's where, that's what's kind of helped tremendously because when you do what you say you're going to do, and you really produce the results that you promise somebody, it's very easy to get somebody to, you know, to tell their friend or their neighbor or give you a couple referrals. I mean, it's a cakewalk if you do all the things right beforehand. If you're out just trying to get referrals and you're not, you're not um, producing the results you promised, then it's going to be tough. So do you feel like you also have to ask? You have, yeah definitely you're gonna have some customers that are just like begging to tell people to call you that's right. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. that's yep. but how you know that happens i mean those those come in naturally a lot yep but you definitely have to have to be asking and know, and letting them know that hey we we do like we pay for referrals you know if they give okay. us a cut if we they give us a customer that ends up turning into a job you know, on top of them believing in our brand and trusting us, what what says I appreciate you more than than giving them something? Yep. You know what I mean. Nice. So, but we do ask definitely. Yep, and that and and making sure that they know that that's another thing. I think I don't know why uh, contractors, you know, they don't as much. They don't ask for reviews. They don't ask for referrals. They don't like you're leaving so much money on the table. in in that process right you've done all the hard work of acquiring that customer of of doing a good job for them and then you just let it go away you know yeah crazy what's going to drive them to like want to go knock on all their neighbors doors and say hey did you see my roof 
See how nice it looks? You have to ask them. They probably have a couple people they already know that need their roof done. But if you're not yeah. asking, and they probably think you did a great job. Exactly. If you're not asking them to tell the world, then people don't normally just do things. You know, there has to you, be some massive action. You don't get what you don't ask for. Yeah, you got it. You got <laughs> right. it. You don't get what you don't ask for. So, you know, always ask. You still may not get the referral, but at least you have you put it out there, right? Um, or the review or, you know, whatever you're doing. What do you think, Travis, the greatest insight is that you could share with our audience that that's helped you guys find success in your roofing business? Greatest insight is to just really be patient. And, and this may be, be off cue, but, um, you know, a lot of a lot of guys are going through it and are and, and looking at the guys above them and they're like really idolizing or, or chasing after this like next step. I would say just really um, be proud of, of where you're at even now and while looking at the future. That's great advice, man. This has been another episode of the Roofing Success Podcast. If you would like to generate more revenue through your digital marketing efforts, please visit roofermarketers.com to get a copy of the book, The Best Known Roofer. Also, check the training section of the website for guides on everything from running effective pay-per-click ads to how to properly set up your Google My Business listing. Thanks for listening.